0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today is New Comic Book Wednesday. But before we get into the comics that I've got today, I wanted to go over a quick bit of news that's probably um, you know surfaced around. I'm sure you've seen it bubbling up in some places, and that is the news about uh, Spider-Man. And along with that, I'll also let you guys know what uh, other comics came out this week as well. So let's get started. Um, so yesterday, Spider Man, uh, got into a pickle. And, uh, what happened was Sony and Disney essentially aren't, haven't come or can't come to an agreement on what to do with this guy. So, uh, from the initial report, it sounded like Disney wanted a 50-50 split with the character in terms of they would finance 50% of the movie, get 50% of the profits, Sony would get the other half, and um, Sony, it sounds like Sony either didn't want that or not, and we don't know who, who leaked that, but there's you know thoughts that maybe that was Disney saying that, because then Sony came back with a response saying that um, the news so far has been mischaracterized and... They um, they respect Disney's decision to not have Kevin Feige continue as a lead producer in the next Spider-Man film. They hope that it will change in the future, but they understand that um, Kevin's going to be busy with all these other movies. And, I mean, at the, I, honestly, at the end of the day, I, I, I don't care who's saying what. I don't care about that at all. And I, there's gonna be people on both sides of the aisle. I get it, but I just want Spider-Man to go to Marvel. That's that's my own personal opinion. I don't think Sony has done a good job with the character. They've had a very very few hits, a couple of lucky hits as well. And what I'll say too is, um, like I said, I have a few thoughts on it. I try not to get too deep into it because something like this, it's it's completely out of my control, and and it's completely out of all of your control as well. So. To me, it doesn't make sense to spend a lot of time thinking about it because I'm there's nothing I'm going to be able to do to change Kevin Feige's mind, Sony's mind, certainly not Avi Arad's mind. But, um, so that would be my advice to you is to just wait and see what happens with this. We've got some time and honestly be grateful for the movies that we do have with Spider Man, be grateful that, um, Kevin and, and company were able to create the Infinity Saga and have Spider-Man, our Spider-Man, be in there five times, right? Yes, yes, five times, which is incredible. I mean, I—it's funny when I first um, a long time ago I I did a uh, I, and I think I mentioned this a while ago. I did this YouTube vid, some YouTube videos called spoilers where I would uh, I would you know, any movie that I would see I would say okay. I, uh, you know, I went and saw this movie, and I'm gonna be talking spoilers about this movie, and then I would, I would tell the entire movie, and so essentially I would spoil the entire movie. It was kind of a, a gag, but then I started. There was a, I just remember vividly there was one morning when they announced that Spider-Man was gonna be back in the MCU through uh, Civil War, and so I made a video about that where I was really, really excited. About it because Spider-Man is my favorite character of all of any any superhero characters. Spider-Man is my favorite, and um, so to hear that news made me really happy because I've followed closely with all of this stuff, the MCU, you know, Sony, Fox. I've followed with it since I was able to follow it with my own eyes, and so to see that that was great news. I was really happy about that, and honestly, what I've learned in my life, and I don't know if any of you have experienced this as well, but things just seem to come in waves. It seems like you're doing really good and doing great and then all of a sudden a couple things happen that set you back and then you're back down in the dumps and then suddenly something great happens to you and then and it does that. And it seems like that kind of thing happens Everywhere. I mean, that's happened with my job, my work. That's happened with Spider-Man. Right? Like we had some good times with Sam Raimi uh, for Spider-Man One and Two, and then things kind of dipped with Spider-Man Three, and then we got Amazing Spider-Man, which sort of ticked back in the right direction. And my, I, uh, I am more of a fan of Andrew Garfield than I am of Tobey Maguire. And, uh, honestly, I'm trying to think if there's even any, those movies were really forgettable though. So besides uh, Andrew Garfield, there's not a lot that I really enjoyed about them. That and the fact that, um, CGI had gotten to a point where him web swinging and fighting and whatnot was badass. like compared to the first three movies, it's just, it's continuously gotten better. And, um, but yeah, and then Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out and we dipped back down into the dumps and then, um homecoming came out or and, and i guess i mean you could say the renaissance you could, i'd call it a renaissance of all of those civil war homecoming endgame infinity war far from home and then you've got i mean you could call like uh venom and into the spider verse those are those are two sides to a very different coin you've got an incredible movie and a not incredible movie right then and there but both of them did well for sony so we'll see what i will point out though is Um, If you want a very, very detailed discussion about this news, please check out the Marvel Studios News Podcast. They just put out a new episode uh, about this, and it's like an hour and 20 minutes. It's amazing. Uh, That's Sean Gerber and Paul Herman are doing the podcast. Uh, in that episode and they really dive into it what it means for the future of the MCU, what it means for the future of Sony, yada, 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 all that stuff. I highly recommend you check that out because um, and, and check out their podcast anyway. I, I'm I'm one of the only reasons I'm doing this podcast is because of um, a, a great conversation I had with Paul Herman on um, uh, from that podcast. So uh, they're great. They're absolutely phenomenal. It's the best Marvel News. Um, and in my opinion, honestly, it's probably the best podcast out there. It's better than my podcast, but um, you know, we're not in the business of comparing. But if you're wanting a more, a more detailed description of what's going on, check it out. Again, my opinion is we'll see what happens. I, I'm trying to keep a positive mindset with this because I don't want to think that it's going to go back to Sony because... I mean, you just, you kind of, you see it coming, you see it coming a mile away. Sony's going to go, oh, you know, we can totally make another great Spider-Man movie. And you know what? You guys probably could. I I believe, I believe that Sony could make a Spider-Man movie, but will they make a good Spider-Man movie? No, they're not going to. Um, and that's just strictly based on, uh, experience. I have seen it before. They think Sony thinks they know what people want and they don't, they really don't know what people want, they know what they think will make them money, but that sort of stuff only goes so far, like Venom, take Venom for example, great, uh, a great example, I was going to say a great movie, nope, not a great movie at all, but uh, it made a ton of money, and um, so they're going to make a sequel for that movie, and so it's things like that, that you're going to find out very quickly, if Sony has changed, if Sony has made, turned over a new leaf, who knows? If Venom 2 is really great, then awesome. I, I'm i not the kind of person that's going to get pissed that uh, Sony is now doing well. I don't care. If Spider-Man is a now going to just have a Sony movie, I'll, I'll take what I can get when it comes to Spider-Man just because I love Spider-Man. Am I going to be super bummed, though, that he's not in the MCU? Yeah, that would be devastating because he had a very promising future after Far From Home. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to stay positive on it and I I really recommend all of you do the same so uh, when it comes to comics though uh, things are looking a lot more positive Uh, it's a it's a good week to be a comic book reader guys so this week in comic stores and in the um, uh, the Marvel app new comics are we got absolute carnage issue number one now I'm going to point out that that is only in here because uh, they when they released absolute carnage at the beginning they released the director's cut and they've been doing that now I'm starting to notice what they're doing so they'll and they release the director's cut first so the week that absolute carnage came out it's a director's cut the re, the week of house of x1 was also they did a director's cut and then a week or so later they re they released the actual cut so this one is only is 64 pages and uh, not the 300 pages that the other one is so um, I don't know why they do that I guess maybe because like when you redeem a digital when I was redeeming my digital copy of Absolute Carnage it was just the 64 page one it wasn't the 300 one so um, even at the end of the day it doesn't matter to me if it's a director's cut or not it's always cool to see those extra pages but I really don't want to read 300 pages of of one comic and, and maybe if I was bored I would but I've got a lot of stuff to do so that's that's I'm yeah so then we got uh, Absolute Carnage versus Deadpool issue number 1 that's a tie in so if you're interested in that one check it out Daredevil issue number ten is out, along with Deadpool Annual issue number one. They, I don't know why they even call them issues number one. What I'm going to point out here is a very clear cash grab that Marvel's been doing recently, and actually uh, got me really stressed out. So last year uh, there was a really a really good Venom Annual, and and my opinion on annuals, annuals are a cash grab to begin with, because. You've got a comic that comes out most of the time twelve times a year, once a month. But then they also do an annual issue, which is usually so. If a comic is three ninety nine, you're paying three ninety nine every month for twelve months. But then one time out of the year, you're also going to pay an extra four ninety nine for the annual. And most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, those annuals have nothing to do with what's going on. There's usually like a a I don't know ten page story, maybe a, a less that's actually pertaining to what's currently going and so like I said in this example Donny Cates writes Venom there's a Venom annual that came out last year that Donny Cates kind of wrote he did like a through line of it so he had a little story in the beginning and kind of some narration throughout but then other writers and artists come in and do little stories as well so I actually like them. I know that they're cash grabs, but in terms of like for me personally, those are my favorite kind of books to read when I'm like travel when I'm traveling or I have nothing to do because it, I don't have to read twelve issues. I just read this one issue. It's a little extra. I don't know. There's just a fun quality about knowing that I'm getting a couple different stories. And, and the the annual was good. I enjoyed it. James uh, stacco did actually did a portion of it with Juggernaut. And if you don't know who he is. He is the not creator, but he did these phenomenal series for IDW: um, Godzilla, The Half Century War, and also I, I don't think he did Godzilla in Hell, but uh, he definitely did Godzilla: The Half Century War, which is one of the best Godzilla comics of all time. It's only five issues. It just follows um, a half century war where and, and James Takeda does the writing and he also does the drawing and it was it was just it was phenomenal it was really good so if you want something like that great godzilla or whatever check it out so that great so then i was like i can't wait till next year's venom annual well guess what marvel's doing this thing called acts of evil in all of these random annuals so it's like this it's a a through line story where if i remember and i tried to forget but essentially the person's annual has them fighting a villain that they typically wouldn't fight and this was surprise surprise announced right around the same time that the year of the villain was announced for dc comics again, that's when I said, oh, this is a cash grab because Marvel will all, it seems like Marvel does such a good job when they're not trying. And I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but like, there's so many great Marvel comics out right now, but no one knows about them. Like there, there are a ton of great stories, but no one ever talks about them. They always talk about either the controversial ones or the big name titles like house of X sort of stuff. Um, but a lot of times their books are really great. The problem comes when they start saying they're going to make books that are directly correlated to stuff that DC is doing and, and it, ha- it happens a lot more than you would think so this was one of them and I was like you've got to be kidding me so the Venom annual of this year had nothing to do with Venom Donny Cates wasn't even writing it the guy uh, Stegman's not doing any art on it nothing it's like completely different writers and Venom was fighting some some villain I don't even know who it was but I specifically went to my comic shop and said please do not give me this Venom annual because I don't want it I don't want it at all because sometimes they'll put stuff in my box that I don't ask for like hey you know we thought maybe you'd like this which I, I don't like. I don't like when people do that because I always feel awkward like, ooh, sorry, no, I don't want to buy that. Um, so I specifically was like, hey, do not put this in my box because I don't want it. Um, so that's out. So if you want it or not, <laughs> I, I'll tell you this much, I'm not even going to read it when it comes to Marvel Unlimited. Uh, then we got Death's Head, issue number two. Fearless, issue number two as well. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a month behind on these. So um, I'll, I'll let you know how that book is in a month even though it's coming out today. Ah, man, get your stuff together, Midtown. Uh, Ghost Spider, issue number one. Like I said, it's coming out this week. That's the first issue for Spider-Gwen in her new role. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, issue number eight is out. That's one of the ones I have to review. History of the Marvel Universe, issue number two is out as well. And I actually can confirm what my suspicions were last time now that I see it on here. So like I said, the book is four ninety nine. But it says it's 38 pages. So that's 38 pages without ads. That's impressive. That's really impressive for a $4.99 comic. Because typically, even $4.99 comics are only 32 pages. And um, $3.99 comics are 23 pages without ads. So then you got that. You got Magnificent Miss Marvel, issue number six, which I will be reviewing. Uh, Marvel Comics Presents, issue number eight. That one may be sold out of your comic shop because they're introducing a new character, Wolverine's daughter, like a daughter of Wolverine. Um, so there's definitely a first appearance, I think, either in this issue or the prior one. Marvel Tales X-Men. That's a, a $7.99 issue that coagulates... Is it coagulates? They Basically three, three... Usually three or four old comics. In this case, it is um, X-Men, issue 58 fallen angels issue two and uncanny x-men issue 272 and the cool thing that i love about these marvel tales is that jen Bartel does all the covers on them and they're always beautiful covers then we have Marvel's spider-man city at war issue number six powers of 10 issue number three which i will be reviewing savage sword of conan issue number eight dr afra issue 35 star wars tie fighter issue five superior spider-man issue 10 Tony Stark, Iron Man, issue 15, Valkyrie, Jane Foster, issue 2, and then we have some various trade paperbacks that are coming out as well, so that's the comics that are on there, that are out in stores today, but like I said, we've got, we've got three really interesting comics today, so I'm going to start with Magnificent Miss Marvel, so, uh, and, and I will tell you at this point as well, um, well, actually, let's do this. Just like I said last week, I'm going to talk full spoilers about all of these comics. But before I do so, I will give you my initial thoughts on these books, and um, so let you know whether you should pick them up or maybe wait till Marvel Unlimited or you know whatever the case is. So, Magnificent Miss Marvel was a good issue. It, um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, like I said, I wanted to check out the first six issues of this series, um, just because I love Miss Marvel so much, and uh, it was good. It was a really touching story um is it a must buy no i don't think so i think this is something that you could wait for on marvel unlimited especially since i think if this is issue six that means the first issue is going to be coming out very shortly on marvel unlimited and you can check it out at that point and follow along um as they come out instead of having to buy all six of these issues but uh iron man's in this issue which is nice he's uh the the cover of this issue is probably my favorite uh, of the uh the entire issue it's a great looking cover kind of shows uh uh, Kamala in her new costume coming up the same way that Iron Man puts his costume on. Um, so that's um, Magnificent Miss Marvel issue number six. We've got Guardians of the Galaxy issue eight. Also a great issue. This issue dives into the backstory of Rocket Raccoon, which I have, you know, you kind of hear about what his backstory is. He got, you know, experimented on that sort of stuff. But Donny Cates is just doing a really good job on this series. I, I, I really, really like this series. But I will say... If um, if you're a Guardians fan, I would highly recommend jumping on this series because I just I know I saw some some stuff at San Diego Comic Con. I didn't go, but in terms of news, I th- and I won't be surprised because I'm pretty sure, and, and I'll say this too, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be a new Annihilation series, like the Annihilation series in the past. Uh, the reasons I say that is I saw a logo for it. Donny Cates mentioned it in one of his tweets, and um, they just are doing a new printing of annihilation in the omnibus form. Um, so yeah, that's that's it's a theory at this point. but what what I'm saying is um, the Marvel previews for November were supposed to come out today because they came out on this Wednesday last month as well, like the second month when the second to last Wednesday of the month. They haven't come out today, otherwise I, I would be telling you that, but um, they'll probably come out tomorrow. I will be doing a podcast episode going over the um the marvel previews catalog of what to expect in november i'll go over all of the um, things i notice in terms of what new comics are coming or maybe uh, issues that are being canceled and also the trade paperbacks as well um so um check that out if you're interested but i think the, i won't be shocked if there is some sort of announcement in the november solicitations for this annihilation thing so if you're a huge guardians of galaxy fan maybe jump on this series Otherwise, you can probably wait till Marvel Unlimited for this one. And uh, I'm thinking I'm going to have to make a decision at some point. Uh, I will probably stop reading this live on issue 12, um, unless for some reason something changes. Uh, Just because, like I said, I I try to only read the top, top, top top tier comics. And I'm not saying that this is not a top tier comic, but if if we're comparing 10s to 8s, and I'm trying to save a little bit of money, that's one thing that I think I would cut out. But who knows? Like I said, if it changes, then I'm in. Because right now, seeing Rocket the way that he was was great, but this felt a lot like a filler issue. And I'm sure it was a filler issue, but sometimes you have to have filler issues to uh, catch people up and get get some more background. So there's that. And then the final one, like I said, Powers of 10, issue number 3 of 6. Um, nope, nothing to say about this other than go out and buy it immediately before it sells out because um it's it's uh look, no news is good news. And by that, I'm saying if something happens in these books that makes me question Jonathan Hickman and question the way that the story goes, you guys will be the first ones to know. But at this point, there's no news about that. Every issue has been a complete hit. A 10 out of 10 in my eyes. I mean, there's some things, obviously, you know, no comic is perfect, but these things are about as close to perfect as you can get. So those are the three books that I will be reviewing. And like I said, that's the spoiler-free version of these books. So if you're still here, you can pause this at any time, it's just a podcast, just press the pause button, because right now we're going to be talking about spoilers. So, Magnificent Miss Marvel, um, like I said last, uh, was that last week? Oh no, that was over the weekend, so essentially she came back from, um, and, and here, I'll, I'll read it here because it's, it's easier to explain when stuff like this happens, but... Um, When the Beast Legions attacked, like I explained, Kamala discovered that a Kree soldier in a special nanotech suit was the original destined one. And by donning that suit, Kamala was able to drive away Saffa's attackers. And Sappha is the planet that she was transported to to help save. The Saffins sent the Khans home with their gratitude, but Kamala's return was met with two unwelcome surprises. Her parents no longer remember her secret identity, and her father has been hiding an incurable disease. Like I said, the guy was like, you know, oh, you're going to have less troubles than when you than when you were there first, and it doesn't seem that way. So uh, Kamala actually even addresses that in here, saying something like, man, I thought that he said that that was going to be the case. So her dad essentially explains that it's like a brand new disease that he has, that only 30 people in the world have it. He says, I've won the sweepstakes. But um, he says he eventually will die from it, but it's not going to be anytime soon. Classic comic book, right, guys? So um, I think, well, and I'll tell you that in terms of us getting to the ending, but that's why uh, Tony Stark's in this episode or this issue. So she's, um, you know, she's just, Kamala's kind of losing her mind, but the way that she deals with things and the way that she talks with her parents is very, um, it's, it's great, it's great. It's not your typical teenager talking to whatever, and, um, yeah, I mean, so she's like, like her friends texting her while her dad was trying to talk with her. And, um, she, he's here, her dad's like, go study with your friends, live. None of you are allowed to turn this house into a graveyard. And me being a little sick is no excuse for your grades to slip. And she says, she says, oh, okay, I'll be back by 10. Don't worry. And he gives her a big hug and says, I always worry about you, Kamala, but I know you will be strong every day. You make me proud. And I was like, wow, that's just, I, I love seeing that when like, even though now they don't know that she's Miss Marvel, which again, is, is super weird. Um, I, I'm just glad that, that she still has a really good relationship with her parents. And uh, so then she meets her friends, is, is telling her friends about her, uh, her dad as well. And they're kind of comforting her. But then, and that's where, this is where I say like, okay, well, you know, what's going on here? So they're sitting at a table in a cafe and someone at a different table goes He's asking for Miss Marvel? And they're both looking at a laptop, and it's like, wait, what? And there's this guy called Deathbringer who broke out of prison and has kidnapped a bus full of people and says he'll trade them for Miss Marvel and uh, i don't i didn't remember but this apparently was a villain that she fought a while back in her series um he was a very forgettable villain because she defeated him very easily and she makes a point of explaining that but we get to see her put in her nanotech or her nanotech suit come on and her this new suit is so cool it's a really cool suit she jumps into this darkness where he's hiding and he can like control demons inside the darkness But um, she finds out that his mask is kind of what's controlling it. And her costume, like, goes and breaks the mask, essentially. And he's like, no, abandoned by the shadow, Deathbringer is defeated. And it's like, I don't know when the last time I've seen a one-and-done villain so quickly. I mean, you've got mention of him on a couple of pages. But from when she dives into this uh, sphere of darkness, it's one, two, three, four, five, four. Five pages, that's it, and then he's defeated. It's very forgettable. But, again, the characterization of everyone else in the story has been great. Police officer comes over, says, Looks like you saved Jersey City again, Miss Marvel. And she says, From a threat that was my fault... And he says, "Hey now, evil people are gonna do evil. Even if even if it weren't for you, that fellow would have found some other excuse. We've all got enough blame to take on. Don't go taking on other people's." And she says, "Thanks. I think I needed to hear that." And it's like, uh, yeah, I think we all needed to hear that." And then, of course, same thing. I don't get it, but uh, Iron Man then shows up, and Iron Man is in three pa- three pages. I thought he was going to be in this way more, but he essentially comes to talk with her and says that, you know, I love what you're doing. I love your new suit. And uh, the disease is still in its very early stages, but when it's in its advanced stages, it's terminal. And he says people are working on the cure, but they don't know at this point. And uh, he says, I'm really sorry. If you need anything from me, let me know and flies away. he He says, I can tell you this. Some of us spend every day of our lives wishing we'd made things right with our parents before they died. You have some very precious time left with your dad. Decide how you want to spend it. And uh, that was touching because obviously we know all, all about Tony's parents. But that, that, that was the issue. So like I said, it, it uh, in my eyes, I, I, I'm a little disappointed. I thought the other issues were so good. And so, like I said, I, I was only planning on reading the first six issues anyway. So, from now, from here on out, I will be reading this on Marvel Unlimited. So, we'll talk about these issues in a couple months or in six months once these catch up. But that was Magnificent Miss Marvel, issue number six. Next up is Guardians of the Galaxy, issue number eight. So, this story is called this is Faithless, part two of six. And so, I'll read you the previous on this because there's a lot that's been happening the universal truth is back and with engines powered by life force rather than faith it's deadlier than ever as proven when its leader the patriarch decimated the nova corps in one fell swoop and i think i talked about that in the last issue that was pretty cool uh receiving a distress call from his father jason who was investigating the attack star lord led the guardians on a rescue mission and straight into a trap as the patriarch was revealed to be jason With the rest of the Guardians subsumed under the Patriarch's control, only Moondragon and Groot were able to escape. Together, they sought the help of the only other remaining Guardian, the dying Rocket Raccoon so um like i said this is is a backstory sort of on rocket so they've got him rocket looks like complete trash he's like he's got ivs in him he's got nodes hooked up to his head and body he's covered in bandages he's super skinny and haggard and gaunt you can see his bones it's really sad it's really sad to see him like that and um moon dragon her uh she's a telepath and so she's trying to get into his head and he's like get out of my head heather i don't owe you nothing and she's like i'm afraid you do because like they need to figure out what the hell's going on and he says you don't know nothing about hard get out of my head and she says that's enough our friends your friends are in danger i need to know if you can do this stop being a coward he says fine you want to see it you want to see hurt and then lets her in and you oh and then when when rocket was a little a little raccoon just a little baby raccoon he just looks so adorable. And um, basically explains everything that happened. And and I certainly don't want to spoil this piece, though, because um, this is something you kind of got to experience on your own because it's really sad. But um, just kind of shows what he's been through. And he just keeps saying that, and I got to double check my math on this because he says he keeps saying he doesn't want to be soft. And um, I don't know. He doesn't mention this soft thing at all. But um, after he was transformed, he goes, the truth is, uh, he does. so he says he doesn't know. He goes, they altered my DNA somehow, evolved me into something. I always suspected it was maybe like how the Kree made the Inhumans or something. But the truth is, the truth is it don't really matter. I look back, I don't look back, and I, I don't miss being soft. But while he's saying that, and I'm like about to cry, when he, while he's saying that he's like looking at himself in a mirror and, like, just falling to his knees and crying, basically, like, damn, that is just rough, and then you kind of go through his history of, uh, you get some cool, like, a a double-page splash of all the different adventures he's had, he talks about the Guardians of the Galaxy and how that was his family, and then... Um, he talks about, we had just gotten through the infinity wars, uh, which, and I've said this before, (laughs) don't read the infinity wars. You can read them. They're They're fine. Read them. They're on Marvel unlimited. It's just don't expect them to be great. But, um, he realizes that, uh, his body. So he says, whatever it is they had done to me to make me into me, it was coming undone. My body was shutting down, rejecting whatever modifications they did. I wasn't going to be taken care of. Wasn't going to be soft again. Wasn't going to be me in some pit pitiful hospital and forgotten uh so i found one of the escape pods in the old ship and groot's like and he left us without saying a word and Ra Ro- and moon dragon's like rocket i'm so sorry and and again groot looks so cool in this because he talks like a regular person but he also has like a spiked head like a punk rocker and he's got little baby groots crawling all over him but he's like you know rocket's like pouring himself a drink and groot's like we're not done and he's like don't start with me and rocket or groot just like kicks all the stuff and he says you call Groot family and then you just leave. You never answer our calls. You won't accept our help. You know Gamora, Gamora was guarding you, right? She knew you wanted to die, but she didn't want any of your enemies killing you first. She was going to bury you. And he's like, "You think I want this?" And uh, it's just it. He says, "I was hiding," and they're like, "He's like, why are you hiding? You shouldn't have had to hide." And Rocket's like, "I was hiding because I didn't want you to see me like this." After all that I've done for you this, and I, there's a lot of bleep outs in this one, and I love when there's bleep outs, but he's like, after all I've done for this Flarkin galaxy, don't I get at least that? Don't I get to decide how I'm remembered? Don't I get to get to figure out that part for myself? And Groot says, no, no, you don't. You don't belong to just you, Rocket. None of us do. We owe it to each other to keep going. And here's the best, the best panel in this entire thing. He says, because you won't be there when you die but we will, and that's what family means. And he says, yeah, yeah, I get it. And then like walks off, And then, oh, and then, oh man. So he says, he says, uh, well, hell, I can't exactly go saving the galaxy in my current condition, can I? They say, what does that mean? He says, give me, it means give me a flarkin' minute, huh? I got to get changed. And it's a full page the splash page of mech assault armor like basically like from mech assault transformers whatever you want to call it so i'm guessing he's about to gear up into this giant mech suit you know honestly i don't know if i'm going to be able to stop reading this series as it comes out it's so good but um and then the rest of the the issue takes place in the cathedral uh the church of universal truth you get to see a really great scene of uh uh the cosmo the uh russian astronaut dog talking with lockjaw uh because uh, cosmo can talk and I believe it's like a telepathic talk, the way that they show it here in the panel. So he like telepathically talks to people. But he's under the church of control the church's control. All of them. Everyone is under the church's control at this point, except for Peter Quill. And so he says, bojimoy it is Lockjaw. And Lockjaw and he says, It is honored to meet you again, great hound dog. A great hound god and lockjaw says rise and well met honored space knight you show your belly to no one and they're like playing like oh it's so cute but uh the very end of this issue reveals that what looks to be a cocoon pod for adam warlock and but um his dad says this time it isn't adam and it's not just one and the last page is like a hundred more of these things is is it that or is he trying to is he trying to bring back the magus or um i don't know i don't know i mean i'm really excited to see where this series goes especially if this is some sort of crazy lead in into annihilation uh, i don't know we'll see but i gotta tell you this much guys we're, we've reached the point now where we're we're hit we're about to hit critical mass we're about to launch ourselves into space into a world of uh whimsy and fiction and fantasy and sci-fi so buckle up because powers of x issue three of six the moment you guys have all been waiting for is here and uh it does not disappoint. So uh, the issue open. Like I said, I-, I love this book so much. I've only read it once, so I will be essentially rereading it again. And actually, I need to uh, I need to double check something because there's a weird spot in this book that I almost think they forgot to uh, they forgot to put a word bubble. And I want to double check if that's something that is just in one of my issues or in all of them. Nope it's it's in all of them so uh i don't know i would love to hear your guys's thoughts on that is there a typo in this book but let's dive in it says opens up with an apocalypse quote i am immortal and i have no end okay we'll see but uh in this this part was kind of weird so we start out and i think this entire issue takes place in the year 100 storyline and there's a guy this weird guy at the temple of concordance the church of ascendancy he says all humans are slaves. It's only when we embrace our fallen nature and accept their dominance that one can truly understand the message of our masters. Hear their words. And um, so there's a couple pa- a couple pages of him kind of describing that essentially the humanity's done and he's like I don't know if he's a mutant or not. I'm I, I don't know who this person is. He looks like a Mortis, but I don't know. I really don't. But he's I think they're just trying to turn people into sort of machines. He says, this is what real worship has taught us. Better to serve in heaven than rule in human hell. But then an explosion takes place. And who comes but Magneto, Zorn, um, Rasputin, and Cardinal. And they look badass. And Zorn, God, Zorn, He Hickman is loving writing Zorn. Zorn says, you would think with my nihilist Ben, I would have some small affinity for human apocrypha. But look at me on a suicide mission facing sweet oblivion and sure of only one thing, I had hoped for more from humanity, a little more pride, a little more grace. And Rasputin says, yet here they are in all their glory. And then boom, the story starts. And then boom, uh, your first uh, infographic page in which we find out who the four horsemen of Apocalypse are. And they are war, death, pestilence, and famine. War is Wolverine. Death is Zorn pestilence is north and famine is krakoa slash cypher which is interesting so i guess we're getting a little more idea of who um who this new kind of krakoa is in this but then they have a second one that says mother um akaba and they have a little list so like for war it says war wolverine james howlett mutant pure blood. And then kind of goes through that. So, mother is Akaba, mutant, pure blood. Interesting. But under that person, that I think is sort of essentially like the mother mold because it's showing all of the, the mutants who were created, those Chimera mutants. So, Silobel, Rasputin, Cardinal, and Percival. And uh, But it shows Silobel and Percival as being dead. And then from there, we get to the uh, Nimrod with uh, this crazy chick who's uh, got a red face with some silver on it. And I'm trying to see if there's even anything where he mentions who this person is. I don't think we really know who this person is. But it was weird because he's he's just trying to figure some stuff out. It looks like he's looking for stuff, trying to figure out what's going on, and um, says... Uh, the last thing it's weird so she says we don't sleep at all nimrod in fact that's what the mutants think is wrong with us that we do not dream i think because they're machines he says and what good are dreams that dream of theirs is almost as extinct as they are and then it has a panel two identical panels and i've looked this i've looked this through and through they're identical panels uh that and then nimrod goes what Almost like we're going, what? And then the next page says, their inconsistency of action bothers me. We should investigate. And it's like, wait, what are you talking about? So um, this chick flies out. She's got like Iron Man repulsors and uh, basically is going to fight those mutants. So they're they're essentially, it, sound, it seems like at this point it's like they're causing a scene. And here comes the first badass scene of the show. So um, Cardinal is fighting some guy and is like about to kill him. And he says, the guy goes, why are you doing this? And he says, I'm a pacifist who's been pushed to the brink. But even for those like me, there comes a time when a point must be made. So today I ate a terminal apocalypse seed to overcome my genetic predisposition to nonviolence. But I'd choose my end over yours any day. You betray your own for what? The favor of those who find contempt in your very existence? And he says, I do it for the great machine, who is our better. I do it for my god. And then there's a giant explosion, and Cardinal goes, huh? And he says, see god, mutant, she is here now. And it's that lady with uh, a ton of sentinels behind her, and it's like, oh my god. And then Zorn says, finally, sweet annihilation. I've waited so long for this day to arrive. And Rasputin says, they brought everyone as expected. We need to hold them off, Zorn, distract them. And it's like, ooh, what are we distracting them from? Aha, of course, Apocalypse, Wolverine, and Krakoa are looking for that codex or whatever it is. But they're like, oh, you know, how long is this going to take? Krakoa says, not long. Thanks to our earlier sacrifice, I know exactly where to look to find out when Nimrod came online. So now we know what it was they were looking for. Is that Nim? they wanted to find out when it was, and then boom, alert, 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 Nimrod knows. What's this? Ah, some other agenda indeed. And so he says, got it, we can go, quickly then, and then Wolverine, you know, sniffs it out and says, wait, something's not right, and Wolverine just gets decimated by Nimrod, like, holy cow, and Nimrod says, interesting that I find you here, there's nothing located in this sector except old data and machine lore, I wonder, whatever were you looking for, and um, and then it flashes back to, oh, and then this, oh man, like I said, the badass scenes just keep coming uh the lady is um and i guess we can just call her god i don't know who we're going to call her or what her name is but um she comes she says i've just received word it seems nimrod was correct your allies have been located and are being dealt with the distraction will not serve any greater purpose than being an end to you and an inconvenience to me and oh my god everybody rasputin says yeah well here's an inconvenience She's holding Zorn. He has a singularity in his head. If I remove this mask, then all of this will be gone in an instant. So I'm not going to tell you again. Stay back. And Zorn says, no, come closer. This is the ending I've always wanted. And she says, a singularity? I don't think you will. You people care too much about holding on, even when you have nothing to hold on to. Besides, do you have any idea what lies at the heart of a real black hole? I'll give you a hint. It's where we're headed, and it's where we're all headed and oh my god she says you know what you're right i don't know and she, and uh, the lady goes no and she says so let's find out and rips his mask off and just this giant explosion that destroys so much like boom and then uh we get back to the nimrod fight and apocalypse has the piece. he gives it to wolverine says here go you know what to do with this and wolverine says no 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 i'll i'll stay and Apocalypse. Apocalypse, such good characterization. He says, if you could see what you look like, you would know how foolish this sounds. Go. I'll be right behind you. Krakoa opens up. Wolverine runs out. Apocalypse is fighting multiple Nimrods. Apocalypse, the the mutant immortal, older than the world... The fittest of all, and during these times he's just getting the absolute crap beaten out of him, but we're also getting flash pieces of Wolverine jumping into Krakoa and going to what looks to be some sort of ancient sarcophagus. How sad this must be to know that natural selection has brought you here. And oh, man, this is when it comes, guys. I know, I know I've know, i been t- saying a lot, but if you really want to avoid spoilers, get out of here because the sarcophagus opens. And uh, Wolverine says, wake up, Moira. I have it. It's Moira McTaggart, and she's she looks like a She's the yeah uh, that Apocalypse version of it. And so, um, God, we we're getting we're getting the answers, guys. He says Apocalypse knew we might be on a clock, so he created some kind of way to force feed the information you'd need into your mind. Hold still. She goes ah, and it all goes into her. Got it? She says yes. What now? Wolverine says if we succeeded, the old man said to send you on your way, because there's nothing left to save here. And you're like no, no. You get the snick. Wolverine says, I, I'm sorry. and She says, it's okay. I have what I need now. And this, this is what you do. And she, st- he stabs her and kills her. And so ended the ninth life of Moira X. Holy crap. The only bad thing about this issue is that that's the end. I can't believe it. I cannot believe that they would do that to us. This seemed like such a short issue. And then, uh, you get your final page with another apocalypse quote, and should forever end, let me die in battle, surrounded by my fallen enemies and with blood on my sword. And honestly, what a fitting end for these guys, that they were able to sacrifice themselves this way so that Moira can go back into year 10. So then what do we get but the ninth life of Moira X now in the timeline? And so, just as we had predicted, um... Those timeline pieces where we don't, it's like a, uh, like slashed arrows basically, where there's missing time. Hickman is going to be explaining this stuff because he does. And so now we know that in Life Nine, in year 42, the Apocalypse War begins. And then in year 45, Avengers World defeated. In year 50, Nimrod comes online. In year 53, the mutants repel the second great annihilation wave. And then it kind of goes on and on, it really on. And, uh, but then you got essentially in year 123, Moira dies after receiving Nimrod origin files. What does this mean? What does this mean? I mean, yeah, this isn't one of those red issues, but now I totally understand why they had two Powers of X issues at the same time. Holy crap. This, uh, what's funny too is this book answers more questions than it poses and honestly i'm fine with that i'm okay with that because hickman's stuff is so heady that after each issue i'm like oh my god i don't know how to process this and this is finally an issue i think that we can all sort of process in that this issue is essentially explaining what's been happening in that year 100 so interestingly enough now we know that year zero is when Moira meets Xavier, year 10 is when they form the house of X and get all that stuff going. Year 100 is now basically her life nine. So that just opens up the possibility that maybe that year 1000 is one of her life's lives as well. Maybe that's years, her life six, we still don't know what life six is. Or maybe that's the missing pieces in the year when um, she went into a coma, no idea. I have no idea. Maybe that's part of destiny. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. All I know is this book just keeps climbing. This book is it puts hair not only on my chest but it's put it's it's making my hair stand up on all. I'm up on all fours right now. I'm like a cat uh, after being spooked on a fence, and I just. I'm here, I'm so happy that I'm here for this, I'm so happy that I'm alive for this, I'm so happy that you guys are all around, that you can all enjoy this as well, this is just such a great reimagining of the X-Men, it's a great story in general, I mean, who doesn't want a time travel type story, a story where there's multiple lives, oh my god, oh guys, this is just, and it's, it's, Wednesday's not even over yet, and I, I, I already want next week to come, I, I, it's 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 so interesting and this is something that i um a lot of people have talked about i know you'll you'll hear it if you follow marvel studios news but there's just this to be appreciative of being in the moment because the moment passes so fast in in all regards i mean you've got we and that's what we had talked about on on um in marvel studios news podcast or what sean was talking about is this this idea of enjoying the moment before the movie comes out like avengers Endgame, because the minute it comes out it's out And you'll never be able, you're never going to be able to watch that movie again for the first time. Never, ever, ever. Unless you're lucky enough to get your mind wiped. But, um, it's the same with this. You're never going to be able to read these issues again for the first time, so savor them. Savor this moment where we don't know what's going to happen in issue 6. What we don't know what's going to happen in issue 4 and 5, too, or what's happening after that. Because I and we will sort of. I mean, I'll go over that when we do the um, the Marvel previews for November because there's a couple of comics coming out in October as well after this series ends, like Hickman's X-Men, but they're being real sparse on details, obviously because big stuff happens in this series. So um honestly there's no wrong time for you to jump onto this if you're a new listener or new reader and uh, you don't know anything about x-men other than what you've seen in the movies pick this story up if you if you um have have read the x-men before but haven't read it in years Pick this story up you're not gonna you don't want to miss this and it's not you're not going to be behind you're not going to be wondering oh well when did this happen because he's rewriting everything so this is all a contained story in a sense in that everything he's referencing he's showing where he's referencing it in his book there's no oh go see uncanny x-men issue number 100 um so no you, you don't need to worry about that at all um yeah so wow wow i'm, I'm shook i'm shocked I'm floored. I'm flabbergasted, and uh, I know a lot of you out there as well are because this series is just phenomenal. So uh, I'll I'll wrap it up at that point. Um, like I said, I should have another uh, podcast up whenever those Marvel previews come out. I'm I'm shooting to either do that live as I read through them, so you can get my my um, genuine reactions, or I'll you know I'll do it at some point. But until then, I'm your host Alex Klein. This is Comics and Cinema. Thanks so much for listening.